0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 15. I'm always looking at Tony when I say that, and then he starts laughing like
1: well, it's, it's just,
0: not a sincere hi.
1: No, it's just even funnier because I'm you know, trying to be Mr. Producer over here, so I'm like, okay, and three, two, one, <laughs> action. And podcast strangers, addicts, friends, canolios, cannolers, canolians, guess what? We have new mics new headphone mics so it was even better to hear her say (laughs) hi because we are sitting with these ginormous flight deck type
0: yeah we are piloting (laughs) a 747 right now (laughs) or maybe is this what people do on film sets like, Do I they? Feel like sometimes, yeah,
1: sometimes you're right. But it just brings me back to when I shared an episode, whatever, one or two, about my drive through days at McDonald's. Yes. So, so, this is just exactly the type of thing I would wear. So, I picture us listeners with a mouthpiece, like, you know, Britney Spears when she's singing in Las Vegas. Maybe it's a
0: little bulkier. (laughs) That's true.
1: That's true. A little bulk. You can't really dance with these things on. We're gonna have to post a picture. We'll post a picture. Oh yes. (laughs) Okay. So, what do we got in store for
0: today? Episode fifteen. Yes, episode fifteen. We've got you sharing with us a message that you gave a couple of weeks ago yeah
1: so we're going to plug in I, uh, I'm i doing this little speaking tour you guys <laughs> uh, you can check out my bravemaker.com under events I'm just, it's cool part of my season right now is just traveling around and speaking with different churches on Sundays so two or three Sundays a month I'm like with three or four different churches around the Bay Area at this point so if you want to come if you have a church you'd like me to come speak at I would love to uh, but I got to speak at Peninsula Hope uh, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and was talking about seeing God, hearing God, and in the space and time. If you listen to, like, last week, episode 14 about conflict, uh, Michelle Vilchez invited me to this uh, speaking conference on empathy. And I feel as if it's been really opening my eyes and reminding me sometimes God surprises me with how he speaks. Uh, how he shows himself. I don't like that phrase, show up, as much. But uh, Jesus said, would we have eyes to see him and ears to hear him? And so I just talked about that. And, uh-huh. um, it was fun because, you know, Jesus came as God, and many of us, I'll say us people, missed him because they expected God to be very different than Jesus. So mm. So anything you want to share about the honeys, we launch into it because they're going to hear me talk a lot. So so what would you, uh, how would you answer that or share if you've been surprised by experiencing God, seeing him or hearing him in a way that you didn't expect?
0: Yeah. Hmm. I feel like this would be a fun thing to post and Mm. pose to listeners. I would love to hear stories. Uh, maybe on the Holy Canoli Facebook page. Um, I'd love to hear stories of how you t- didn't expect to hear God's mm. voice or mm. didn't expect to see Him in some yeah, way, that's and good. you do. I would love to hear that because um, I think what it feels like for me is just like. A, A check straight to the heart like either lots of times it happens with song lyrics uh, there will just be something that really stands out and goes straight to my heart and I feel like it's what I needed to hear and um, it feels like straight from the Lord or words from a friend Mm -hmm. or um, even just lines of dialogue in a TV show or a movie or something like that I feel like if they really resonate then I want to pay attention to what God might be saying through that so yeah but I I mean we talked about it early on in the holy only episodes I think maybe three when we talked mm-hmm. about your journey mm-hmm. and how film and mm-hmm. media can impact you and you can experience God through that so I just think there's been so many times where i'm drawn into a movie or a story somehow and i didn't expect it to open my eyes to something you know Mm -hmm. like i don't know schindler's list or blood Mm -hmm. diamond things like um that documentary remember that documentary with alzheimer's patients when they were listening to music from their
1: yeah, what was like uh, Alive Inside.
0: Alive Inside. Alive
1: Inside, wow. I thought
0: I was just going to a documentary, and it yeah. just was a whole awakening and mm-hmm. um, just compassion mm-hmm. growing, building. So, um, yeah, I feel like God is showing things about him and his heart yeah. all the time, Yeah, if we're paying attention to it, if we're sensitive to it.
1: You know what's so crazy is uh, you you don't get the full story, but when you listen to this message, right before I went on, this older gentleman came up to me and he kind of scooted over to me and handed me this little ear pack thing. I was like, what? Or not ear pack? It was like a little microphone. I was like, what? What, What's going on? He just didn't even ask permission. He clipped it on my shirt. And then walked back to his little chair and his daughter came up to me. He's like, so sorry, my dad has a um, a hearing aid and he'll hear you better with that. And I just laughed because it was like two seconds before I started to talk and mm-hmm. it was perfect. I was talking about having ears to hear mm. and eyes to see. And I felt as if that analogy was perfect. Like what if we could just do that with God, like just clip on you know, to God and hear everything. But it's a lot are complicated and complex so before we get into that uh hey thanks again for listening we are i think last time i was checking maybe we're up to like 350 listens and i'm going by like the first episode some of our episodes have like 500 almost 600 listens but i'm going if you started from the beginning there's like 350 people listening which is great so Sweet. thank you for that wanted to invite you to our brave maker vision night
0: yeah, September 21st mm-hmm. and September 29th. Yeah, it's two a Two separate nights. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can't make one, make sure you show up to the other mm-hmm. one. And you're going to be sharing your vision for Brave Maker, mm-hmm. some real specifics about your plan. Mm-hmm. And yeah,
1: the board of directors, sounds so official, three mm-hmm. people, Lisa Montoro, Dan Perotti, and Ivan Martinez and I met last week. And we really shaved down and kind of narrowed down a little bit about what this next three years is going to look like. So we're looking for partners to join us and it has a lot to do with storytelling, a lot to do with filmmaking, and I'm really <laughs> stoked. So yeah, Friday the 21st in Redwood City and Saturday the 29th in Redwood City, we're going to be serving cannoli, (laughs) cannoli from our sponsor, La Biscotteria. So come uh, to Topaz, uh, which is Sequoia Church's campus. They have a cafe called Mosaic. The information will be on our podcast page so you can check it out. Okay? Cool. Sweet. All right. Enjoy. Enjoy the episode. Without further ado. You are listening to the Holy Cannoli Podcast. It's all about making sense of life, who we are, and why we're here. Life is sacred and life is strange. And here's our dad, Tony So, Oh, Oh, hi. I can't hear. Oh, sure. Oh, all right. That's perfect. What a perfect segue to what I want to talk about today. Do we have ears to hear and eyes to see? So thank you. That was perfect. I was talking to my daughter and my whole family last night at dinner about how Jesus says, In Matthew 13, blessed are those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. And we were talking about how everybody has eyes, everybody has ears. Uh, Some of them don't work always so good. Uh, And my daughter said, yeah, even blind people and deaf people this would apply to, right, Dad? I said, yes, because it's not just about what we can literally see and hear. It's about what God is speaking to our heart and to our mind and we don't always need to see and we don't always need to hear to receive what God is trying to help us see or hear. So today I'm gonna to invite you to think about that for yourself. I'm gonna start with this question and uh, you have a little piece of paper with some notes if you wanna write. I want you just to jot down something, even if it's just a word. Have you ever seen God or heard God in a way that surprised you? Have you ever seen God Or heard God outside of this space before? Have you ever seen God or heard God in a way that was unexpected, disturbing, even uncomfortable? And the last question, have you ever seen or heard God in a way when you weren't reading this book that we call the Bible? Just take a moment. Have you ever seen or heard God And you might even think of it another way. Have you ever had a transcendent, unexplainable, mysterious, divine encounter in a way that overwhelmed you and your senses uniquely through sight or sound? Okay, just take a moment. So in Matthew chapter 13, we have Jesus recorded giving some parables, some stories. Uh, And the first one uh, is about a sower or a person with some seed. And it's going to be on the screen here. If you have your Bibles, great, open up to them. If you have it on your your phone, open up to it. Uh, This is what Matthew records. Jesus went and sat by a lake, a place that he would often teach by, And he saw large crowds gather around him. So he got into a boat. Now, in the book of Mark, uh, we have this interesting parallel passage where Jesus is recorded saying to the disciples earlier, hey, get a boat ready for me. And he doesn't tell them why. And I love this. It's out there in scripture that Jesus just says, get a boat. And then later on, we find out why he wanted the boat. It's because when the crowds got so big... He would need to get in it in order to get to a place where they could hear him and see him. Because imagine if you're in a large crowd by a lake and Jesus is just sitting on the edge here. Only the people in the front row could see him. And so Jesus cared about what people saw and what people heard. And he would go to great lengths to affect that for people. I love that because in some way we are still doing that and trying to figure that out today. How can people hear God and see God. And we do things like give them microphones. We do things like gather people in spaces so that everybody can have a good view, right? Jesus cared about these things. When he uh, got into the boat, while all the people stood on the shore, he told them many things in parables. Now, if this word is not familiar, well, how about who knows what this word is about? What is a parable? Can anyone just shout this out? What is a parable? Yeah, it's a story. It's a story that's told that has underlying meanings, that has symbolism. Sometimes it could be true. Sometimes it's not true. But there's always truth in the story. So Jesus says, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. So hold up just one finger for a second, okay? So the the seed fell along the path, all right? And then the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on Rocky places, hold up a second finger, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. Next slide. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. So Jesus, in his story, is giving two places in which seed has fallen. I know some of you have heard this story before. Raise your other hand if you heard the story before. Okay, keep your other hand up with two fingers. (laughs) The other seed fell among thorns, third finger, which grew up and choked of the plants. And still, fourth finger, other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So four different parts, four different soils, you can put your hand down if you want, where this seed fell. Okay, following tracking along this story, the disciples are saying, okay, there's, there's this farmer, there's this seed, there's four different places in which this seed fell. Very fascinating to me. Then the disciples came to him and asked, hey, why do you speak to people in parables? And Jesus replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Hmm. Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. I've heard this preached before in a very scary way that made me feel very intimidating, like, oop, I need to be nervous. I don't want to be one of them. What does that mean? Is there a them? Who is the them? How do I not be the them? How do I be the them that hears and sees these parables? Okay, next slide. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused, They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. This is Jesus quoting the prophet Isaiah. And the next slide. Jesus said, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see but did not see it and hear. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people I think that was a repeat. Longed to see what you see but did not see. Next slide, sorry. Next slide. Is there a next slide? Next slide. Oh, okay, cool. Well, uh, so I think there was a part that's cut off there. Um, Jesus here is communicating to the disciples at the edge of this lake that there's a possibility that we could miss the point. (laughs) Miss the point of him. Miss the point of his teachings. Miss the point of truth. And he quotes the prophet Isaiah and says, actually, people have been longing to understand God for centuries, but have been missing it have been looking into the places, even thinking this is how they would see God, doing all the right things, yet still missing it. So I grew up in Chicago, Illinois, and my family uh, would, I would say not quite regularly, but regularly enough that maybe around Christmas and Easter, we would go to a service of sorts. And I remember being a young boy, loving and looking forward to Christmas Eve, because we got to stay up really late and go to a midnight church service. A midnight service where I got to stay up late. That's all I cared about. Stay up late, eat candy, get presents, and go to this service that I would suffer through in a way. Because I had to. But it was part of the tradition and I didn't mind it. I actually kind of liked it and here's why. When I went into these large, this large building, this church building that my family would attend, it had these stained glass windows in the building. And I remember sitting in this big sanctuary on Christmas Eve one time while people ominously sang these songs at Christmas time. Now, most of us don't like to sing, let's be honest with that. We don't like to sing because sometimes we are not happy with the way our voice sounds. It feels a little intimidating. What if this person next to me hears how off-key I am? I'll just keep it really low. Now, Harrison, you know, someone who leads music often feels that for you. He wants to you know, go like, I want you to feel comfortable. And, and there's times when you can hear people get a little comfortable because they get lost in the song because the music and the lyrics are so good or the story we're singing about is so great or we actually get caught up in the love of God that he loves us so much. It's like a hurricane. We're just like, yeah! All of a sudden, we look around like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Pull back. <laughs> rein it in. But I remember in these Christmas Eve gatherings, uh, to me, I had looked around, and I saw people mouthing songs, you know, like, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Not being very excited to sing, but just singing it because it's Christmas songs. But I remember feeling that even though maybe that environment wasn't The people weren't excited to sing the songs and maybe felt a little intimidated, I remember feeling there was still something going on in that space. I remember feeling as if I could see God or hear God in a way that maybe even the people putting the gathering on didn't even intend. The stained glass windows spoke to me. The light that came through all those shattered, those shards of glass, moved me in a way that I remember feeling overwhelmed with emotion. I remember feeling a sense that God was real that God was big, that God was mysterious, and maybe I was a little afraid of God, to be honest, uh, because I didn't want to do the wrong thing that might make him mad or shun me or cut me off or send me to that other place, right? I always think back to this part of my story, how God was forming my understanding of him through images, through art, and even through the music that maybe wasn't being sung at a place that felt totally free, but I remember sensing something awesome there and that's what I want to share with us or invite us today through Matthew 13 that I think we still need to position our, ourselves to have eyes to see and ears to hear so that we don't miss God I'm going to show you this famous icon I'm sure many of you will recognize it were there any art majors uh, in here who are willing to raise their hand okay cool uh, does this picture um, look familiar to you Okay, who else says this picture looks familiar? Maybe you've seen this before. Yeah, it's kind of a semi-famous uh, picture, of this icon from the 6th century, and obviously of Jesus. It's called the Pantocrator. I might be saying that wrong. I don't know. Uh, it's Greek, and it means the ruler of all. It's in St. Catherine's Monastery in Sinai. Now, I want you to do this. Uh, a seminary professor of mine taught me this, and it was like so profound, like how we see things differently. Well, but first, before we do that, before I interact have you do something i want you to look just look at what you see and make some observations in this photo in this icon this painting what do you see and call out loud here what do you see the the book someone say book okay the torah the, the bible scriptures right it's a very large book with a cross on it who else his hand his hand is doing what Yeah, his hand's raised in a blessing. In art, you'll often see this hand shape as a blessing from someone, from a saint or from Jesus. What else do we see? His eye. Okay, so you're noticing one part of his eye and his eyebrow looking very different, right? Okay, so I want you to do this. I want you to put up your hand, maybe even close one eye, and look at different halves of the icon. What do you see now? There is a distinct difference from the left side to the right side. And art historians and theologians interpret this as the dual nature of Jesus. That Jesus is both man and God. That Jesus is both savior and judge. That Jesus is both ruler and blesser. Now, uh, because of the the beauty of the internet and technology and Photoshop and all that kind of stuff, someone took the images and made them as if they were mere images so that we could see how different they would be if they were made in the same half, okay? So I'm going to show you that. The artist probably wouldn't like that. But see how different they are? One Jesus, one depiction of Jesus is what? On the left-hand side. What what, What do you see that's different there? Give me some descriptors. What's different? Lighter. Yes. What else? Anybody else? What do you, how would you describe that Jesus image? Softer. Yes. Younger. Maybe a little more lighter, freer. Maybe uh, someone who's blessing people, right? I mean, think about like, when we bless people, how oh, we feel good. He feels a- approachable. Yes. Now, what about the image on the right, what do we see here, stern, what else, darker, what else, judgy, intimidating, heavier, carrying this book of the law, being the one who must, you know, divide the sheep and the goats, if you know that story from scripture. So I love this image, the way that it reminds us that we, how we see Jesus, how we see God, all of us might see him differently. Now go back to the image right before that, and let's look at the, the image again, the original image. How we come to this image, how we come to God, how we see God, and how we expect to encounter God will tell us a lot about our heart and our mind, and maybe some of the things that God might want to change in the way we see him how God might want to alter the stories that we're telling ourselves about his love or about his judgment or about his character or his ways and his work in the world. So there's this great place in um, Palo Alto that I often go to 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 worship God because of the way that it affects me. I'm going to show you the pictures. Anybody recognize this building from Palo Alto? Know where this building is? It's the Cancer Art Center or Art Museum at Stanford. And it's free, everybody. <laughs> it's free. And so I take my kids there all the time. And I don't have a picture of this room, but I want you to use your imagination for a second. Um, many of the rooms, there's all different sorts of, uh, of places in the space. Different. There's modern art. There's, uh, hist- histor- there's history. There's Renaissance. There's uh, local artists. There's art from, you know, centuries ago. There's art from, you know, this, this year, this decade. But one of these rooms that I walk into on the second level... A couple times I have entered the space and I've literally felt weak in my knees. So overwhelmed by the color in the room. So overwhelmed by the images that I see of life. And sometimes even disturbed and feeling a little bit like, ooh. I'm wary to come close to the image for what it will do to me. To how it will read me. To what it will speak to me. And I've been encountering God in these ways. I'd say maybe God over the past decade has been awakening me to see him and to hear him in places that I wasn't open to before. Into places that honestly that I felt at times in my upbringing within the church and even going to seminary that maybe... Uh, prevented me from seeing him. Actually, I would say seminary opened me up more to question how I saw God through scriptures. It was sometime uh, having to unlearn my Sunday school experience and my church experience that maybe an unintentionally taught me that I could only experience God sitting in a seat like this and singing songs that we sing on a Sunday morning. But God has been whispering and saying, oh, Tony, like we saw, we, the, verse, the first song we sang, the Phil Wickham song, I want you to see me in the sunrise. I want you to see me in the beauty of the clouds. I want you to see me in the storm. I want you to see me and hear me on the radio, in the movie theater. I want you to see me and experience me in the art center because there I am if you have ears to hear and eyes to see. Psalm 19 uh, is a great, if you want to jot this down, I don't have it on a slide, but Psalm 19 is just uh, um, a a few verses That basically it's seven verses. And the first half is all about how the heavens declare the glory of God. They don't have speech. They don't have words. No sound comes from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Verse four. David gives this picture of God pitching a tent for the sun. And he gives this picture of a wedding happening in the sky. Have you ever seen the sky look so beautiful and transcendent and red and purple and blue and pink that you just go, wow, God made a painting in the heavens and it's, the canvas is all over us. And then David in this psalm, the next seven verses, six, seven verses on God speaking through creation, the next seven verses God says how... He speaks through the written word, through the Torah, through the, the precepts, and through the law. And I think that's a great example for us to remind ourselves that we need both of these scriptures, these commandments, these truths, these stories, this literature, this history, which this book is all about. It's all about those things, and we need others to come inside and help interpret what we see here. And sometimes we need things that are outside what may be the boundaries we have put on God and, or, that speak to these things. And what I would advocate for is art and film and TV and music and spaces that invite us. Like, in, like uh, I have a friend who's an interior designer and his like phrase that really has challenged the way I see my space as a follower of Jesus, as a worshiper, as someone who's, who cares about the church and the buildings in which we gather, which I love how you have art. I said this last time, art in your space. It's so awesome for so many reasons. But he says, our spaces that we create, especially for um, centers of worship and gatherings of worship, will communicate to people entering them what we think about God. I'll say it in a different way. The the centers of worship that we worship in tell us something about the character of God. So when you walk into this building and you see art on the walls, for a visitor, that communicates, oh, God values beauty and color and energy and vibrancy. If we walk into a space that is uh, cluttered and maybe dark and dreary. That community, and maybe outdated. I mean, I know Daniel loves paint, right? So he's like, let's paint this place, right? If the place needs you know, a coat of paint, it hasn't had one in 20 years, someone walking into it would feel like, oh, God is irrelevant. God is outdated. That's why I think God entrusts to us these skills and these abilities of not only words and teaching, but of craftsmanship, of fashion of painting, of design, of technology, that we might tell his story like Psalm 19 says. We might declare his glory through every single means in which that he has gifted us. So today, my encouragement to you is, can you see and hear God through film, through TV, through art and music? And I just want to give you a couple of examples uh, with discretion. So I'm watching uh, this uh, uh, Um, this TV show on Hulu, so a couple slides here, called The Handmaid's Tale. I'm sure at least a couple of you have heard about it or seen it, and maybe you've been scared by it, <laughs> and it's okay to be scared by it because it be, This these stories can be a little bit scary. Uh, this story was written in 1985, a novel by a woman named Margaret Atwood, who happens to be Canadian. I see a Canadian over there uh, who I got to meet last month. This a cool thing about being a part of the church and God's people. Last time I spoke, I met Roberto and Rebecca uh, speaking here, and that was just like a month and a half ago. We've hung out a bunch of times. We're going out to lunch tomorrow, and I love it. I love God's people coming together and finding these mutual connections, which they both have these creative expressions, and God is using it, which is super cool. Back to Margaret Atwood, who wrote The Handmaid's Tale. They turned this 1985 novel that was actually this bestseller into a TV show, and it's really hard to watch. I do not advocate most of you watching it, potentially, (laughs) because it can be really hard. It's dark. It's offensive at times. And in fact, the next slide, uh, every episode starts with this warning. The following is intended only for mature audiences. Viewer discretion advised. And a couple times before I watched the show, I almost heard the whisper of God saying, we should come to scriptures in the same way. Reader discretion is advised. And mature audiences are recommended Because we can easily take this word and use it for whatever we want to use it for. We can easily miss what Jesus is trying to say, as we said earlier in Matthew 13, because we're not mature enough. We just read something, we can take a little page out and go, cool, well, this is what it says, so we're done, let's move on. But really we have to engage and wrestle with scriptures and the words of Jesus and the recordings of the Bible. This is a very large book written by over 40 different authors. We have to come to this with our questions and doubts. This book not only comforts, but disturbs. And I'm advocating that there are modern day prophets, modern day writers that are doing the same thing through our TV and through our film and through our art. So, does anybody want to admit seeing this in here, watching this yet? Okay, (laughs) because no judgment, because I watch (laughs) it. I've watched all uh, two seasons. And here's why I'm experiencing God through it. Because this whole story, the next slide, is about a society in which objectifies women. That makes women handmaids and forces them to be bearers of children in a society that deals with infertility. And the people that started this society are called the sons of Jacob. And they use scripture to oppress women. The men, the patriarchal society of men, actually uses things that we read on a regular basis to tell women they need to be subservient to men, to tell women that they can't have jobs. They use the scriptures to say that it's unlawful for a woman to read, let alone to teach scripture. Wow, it sounds kind of very (laughs) uh, relevant today. And they have these really harrowing harrowing. Um, storylines that are uh, also very relevant today in the next slide where uh, women are separated from their children their children are literally taken from their arms they have to bear them but then they are forced to remove them and give them to to others to take care of them and the women that um, uh, take care of the, the 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 families in the homes are called Martha's. Does that sound familiar? Where Jesus had a a, a woman friend named Martha, and she was known for getting all the things ready, right, while Jesus was in the house. And her sister was uh, sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening. And Martha said, come on, Mary, what are you doing? Like, this is what we should be doing. And Jesus said, no, Martha, come and sit at my feet and learn and rest. This is what I want from you. And so they've adopted this idea that women should be Martha's and take care of things. Um... Uh, There's also a label put on people that have, um, they're called gender traitors. And I'll let you use your imagination to what that could be. And if you are found to be a gender traitor, you could lose your life by a public hanging, because that is outside of God's design and outside of God's will. There's this one scene, next slide, where um, they are also forced to discipline people by throwing rocks at them. Where do they get that from? The Bible. Because there was this Old Testament law that said if you did uh, this list of things, you could be stoned, it was called, which was meant death by throwing rocks. The community would come and throw rocks at you. And so I'm watching this and I'm overwhelmed going, oh my goodness, this woman who wrote this book in 1985 that is now put into this Emmy Award winning TV show, some Christians could be very offended and I get why they're offended. But if we have ears to hear and eyes to see, we could see that this, these filmmakers and these writers are trying to just open eyes to show the, the, the plight that women in our society feel as second, secondary citizens. Or the plight that they actually, um, because the woman's a Canadian, uh, Canada is this protected space and the Society of Gilead that they call it is in the United States (laughs) and people are trying to get to Canada to escape this regime so I love it that there's sort of like this tongue-in-cheek like United States be careful be careful with what you're doing right now because you're oppressing people and you're pushing people aside and I I watch it um, and I, I laugh right now but I watch it really with this conviction like wow God thank you for making me uncomfortable And it doesn't use language that many followers of of Jesus would be comfortable with. So I'm going to advocate for that. Please uh, don't write Daniel a letter (laughs) uh, being mad that I I told you to watch this. I'm not telling you to watch it. I'm saying if you might be able to stomach something like this, you might be able to see God. And maybe it's not this.
0: This is a great time for a word from our sponsor.
1: All right. uh, I got my daughter here with me, and we've got some special cookies. Do you know how to say that? Lavasque. Good-ter-ia. Nice. La Biscoteria is our sponsor for this podcast and daughter of mine. Take a cookie. I'm going to have you try it. All month of September, if you go to biscoteria.com, how do you spell it? L A B I S C O T T. E R I A. La biscotteria, that's Italian for cookie, biscotti. Or if you're from the Midwest, you can say biscotti, the biscotti. Um, They're 20% off all month long. If you go to labiscotteria.com and at your checkout code, put holy cannoli, and they will ship it to you anywhere in the country. For these awesome cookies and they also have cannoli but unfortunately you cannot ship cannoli all across the world. But whatever you want to order on their website they have breadsticks and different Italian type cookie stuff as well. Check it out. That's our sponsor. Huge thanks to the Bonacore family for sponsoring us and for giving us these awesome treats. What do you think?
0: It's really good.
1: <laughs> She's dipping them into milk. I dip it into coffee. 20% off. Labiscotteria.com. And back to the podcast. Maybe just sitting with someone else who is different than you, who likes different music or different film or different art, or maybe worships God in a different way, or maybe expresses their faith a little bit different. Maybe we could sit with them and hear how God might want to speak to us. My daughter's uh, 11, and I was having to give her some discipline the other day by removing some privileges because of uh, (laughs) just not obeying. not not. I was saying, hey, I need you to come inside. I need you to take care of your room. We're getting ready to go. And she's like, just still jumping on the trampoline. I was like, hey, second time, I need you to come inside. We're getting ready to go. She's notorious for taking long times to honor the requests. And so I said, hey, come in. We have to talk. I'm going to have to take some time off of your screen, or we're going to have to take some money off our allowance. Let's figure out what kind of consequence we're going to have. And she's like, dad, I just need you to listen. I'm like, no, I'm not listening. And she said, dad, can you please just listen to me? And all of a sudden, I heard God say, practice what you preach. <laughs> Will I listen to why she was taking longer? Will I give her the benefit of the doubt? Will I honor her by at least letting her try her case, you know what I mean? And tell me why she wasn't doing what I asked her to do. And it was really good for me. Like, how, how I want to live is that I'll give people a platform to speak, even if I disagree with them. And I might miss God if I don't. I might not hear from God if I don't. So, who is that for you? Can you just take a moment and jot down maybe it's a child, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a particular type of music, maybe it's a film or TV show you've heard of that maybe someone said, like, oh, definitely don't watch that. What is it for you? Has there been something that maybe God has tried to speak to you? Or maybe going back to the question we started with, does it reaffirm that maybe you heard God in a way that was unexpected? and disturbing, yet good and surprising. Let's take a second to jot that down. So the next slide are a couple movies that are out. Again, ones that I would encourage with discretion and with maturity <laughs> that are uh, so fascinating. One is called Sorry to Bother You. And the other one is called Blind Spotting. Uh, sorry to bother you out in theaters this week. I believe Blind Spotting is next week. I saw both of these at the Sundance Film Festival in January. And I'll be seeing both of them again. And they're both stories about people of color. They're both stories about, uh, that can wake us up to what's happening in our country today. And you can't see it because it's probably really small. And I didn't even notice it until I put it into my um, things. But this one right here, this tagline says, Change the way, what? everyone see it? You see. <laughs> And at the very top, a quote from Variety magazine says If there was ever a film to open America's eyes, this is it. Wow. Blind spotting is, uh, well, first of all, what do you see in the poster image here? What can you see? Can you p- pick out anything? Just making some observations? What do you see? Different features, yeah. Different races, two different races represented in this. Sort of jagged picture. What else do you see? Bars, yes. Yeah, bars, like a jail. Can you see the tattoo on the guy's neck? With a star right on Oakland. Anything else? A cigarette, right? Uh, sometimes we can immediately see something on someone, and I loved how Tim opened us up to be careful that we're not judging the exterior of people before we take care of our interior. Uh, I was swimming at a pool a year or two ago with my daughters, I have three daughters, and the pool it was owned by the church that I was a part of, so uh, we would often have crossover, I'd see people from our worshiping you know, community on Sunday at the pool, and there was this girl that I had recognized from the, the campus in which I would work. And she came, and she was just kind of swimming around me. And I was, you know, throwing my daughter. Sometimes kids will just come up, you know, and start jumping on you. Like, who are you? I have no idea, but I'll throw you. Okay. And she, I wondered if she wanted me to throw her or toss her. And she started leaning of leaned on the lane line inside the, the, the pool. And I said, hi. She said, hi. She said, um, my mom said your tattoos look like you're going to hell. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> well tell your mommy that God loves her. <laughs> but I thought, oh my gosh, that's just so perfect. I love that, you know, that I happen to be this pastor figure who's supposed to represent God, but I look like I'm going to hell. Like, ah. ah. So I love I love images and films and TV and stories that make us. that that push us out a little bit. May we be open to hear from someone who's different. May we be open to hear from someone who doesn't talk or act or look like us. Uh, How many of you saw the Mr. Rogers documentary? Did anyone see that documentary? Okay, it was in theaters. The next slide, you probably can get it on um, demand sometime soon. Highly recommend this story. Uh, I did not grow up with Mr. Rogers. He was a little bit, you know, before my time. But he, in this story, uh, was talking about how he used media to reach children, and how he approached things like racism through the eyes of puppets and children. And he invited uh, this, this police officer who was an LGBTQ representative, who also happened to be a black man, to put his feet into a pool and washed his feet on television as a way to say, like, hey, world, this is what it looks like to love your neighbor and to be a good neighbor. And so I saw it in a theater of people and everybody had this emotional response. The whole tagline is that we, a, little kindness, uh, a little kindness makes a world of difference. So obviously you can see I'm an advocate for the arts and for film and TV. And uh, as we close up today, I just want to encourage you that um, in this church, I'm sure, there are people who are creative in some way. And I want to encourage you, keep doing what you're doing. You are what I would call, what the Bible would call, a modern day prophet. I had a slide for this early and I wanted to, to, to um, address it. We often... Call prophets or think of prophets as people who predict the future or who hear God say something about the future and then tell it to the masses. But prophets are really just people who make known the ways of God, who help interpret these words into ways that people can understand. And sometimes the prophet is the pastor or the teacher, and sometimes the prophet is the musician or the filmmaker or the poet or the rapper or the TV showrunner. And if we can engage with God in this way, I think we will be we will be better. Uh, that's why, I like as Tim mentioned, I started this nonprofit called Brave Maker because after twenty years of being a pastor in the church, I felt like God was saying um, my job was to help more churches understand this vision, and I also want to empower churches, but also empower artists and bless and affirm artists that the work that you're doing is like missionary work. It might not always be accepted understood, but tell your stories. So if you have kids or grandkids that in any way start to express a desire in the arts, I know it could feel so scary to send your kid out into that world, because it's not always financially um, beneficial. We str- Struggling artists is a real thing, you know? I'm starting halfway in my life as a struggling artist again. But it's a more satisfying life when you're affirmed, because this is how God made people to tell stories, to write songs, to paint, to, to uh, create the ambiance of a space because this is how God speaks to the world if we have ears to hear and eyes to see. Uh, it's called Brave Maker. Oh, and I want to ask you to pray for this because I, I talked to Pastor Daniel about this. Uh, in June next year, I'm starting a film festival here in Redwood City as a way to tell the stories of God because when we watch movies and TV and you get people in a room and they sit for an hour and a half, They hear these stories and they talk about them, right? We talk about the film and TV we're watching. So my goal is, and I'd like to actually have this room be a screening room in June. So will you join me? Will you pray for me with this? Uh, I have these little stickers. If anybody wants to take one, I'll have them up here after. Just put it on your Bible and pray next June that we could have these stories of the kingdom of God going out through film and TV. Brave Maker Film Fest, June 1st through 2nd. If you want to partner with us in any way. I would love it. Rebecca actually is joining on the team, and she's helping to bring this. So Your church is already partnered. You don't even know it. <laughs> all right. I want to pray. I have one slide that um, talks about some people that we can be listening to. So how we might hear from God. I think it might be at the end, Sarah. Uh, I want you to see these, these people groups. So today's prophets are changing the way we see and hear. Might we hear God from people of color and their journeys and their experiences of racism? Some people in this room, you all, you have a story of being pushed aside or labeled because of the color of your skin. Women, as I said, this uh, Handmaid's Tale author is communicating the plight of women, how often it is, feels to be a secondary citizen, not only in society, but even in the church. And I want to encourage us, might we listen to the LGBTQ community and how they feel and what they're going through. You don't have to agree with what they do or how they live life, but might you find love and acceptance to sit with them and tell me how, tell you, tell me how you see God. Maybe you might, we might hear from them. And then immigrants and refugees. And then there's a line there. Who is it for you? Is it someone else? Could be your in-laws. <laughs> or your own spouse. Or your children. Who is it for you that God might be asking you to sit with? That you might have ears to hear, and eyes to see. So God, thank you for that story that Jesus told about the four soils. That you're word went out into these four soils. And sometimes the word isn't just the scriptures, but the word is music and art and film and TV. And literally the walls in our homes, the art that hangs in this building can speak to us. May we not have shallow soil or be shallow soil. May we not be so immature that those stories and those truths are choked out because we can't or are unwilling to hear and to see you through the creation, through the heavens, through the stories and through the music that others are creating with you. I'm so grateful, God, for this church and their openness to receive May this church continue to be a beacon of light. May this church be known in this city as a creative community, willing that this church actually supports artists who don't attend on Sundays. May other artists be knocking at their door, asking to hang their artwork up. And may this community, this church, be called a place of refuge, a place of hope, because that's what they want to be, the hope of the peninsula. And may we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear what you're saying to us. We love you, we thank you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. It is a proud production of Brave Maker Media. For more information or to donate, go to bravemaker.com to make your tax-deductible donation today. Thanks for listening to Holy Cannoli. If you liked my dad's podcast, please subscribe, give it a review, and share it with someone you think would be encouraged by it.